Hello, and welcome to the National Park Service Southwest Archaeology Podcast, brought to you by the Southern Arizona Office. My name is Matt Bubard. And I'm Charlotte Hart. All right, so in honor of Parks to Classrooms Month, we'll be talking about archaeology and education. We'll be interviewing Rebecca Renteria, graduate assistant with the Linking Hispanic Heritage uh, through Archaeology Program, and as always, we'll be answering your questions. So the Linking Hispanic Heritage Through Archaeology program um, has been funded by the Washington Office of the National Park Service um, for a couple years now. And I was lucky enough to get to talk to some of the um, to some of the this year's participants before they graduated back in June, and uh, and it was just a really inspiring conversation, Matt. So uh, great, and uh, education programs in archaeology are not a new thing; um, they've been going on for years and years. But uh, this is a special program. Yeah, uh, this program specifically is aimed at reaching out to indigenous and Hispanic youth and also teachers. It's a really interesting cohort that's put together where you have um, high school kids as well as some high school teachers. And that way the idea is that the education uh, will kind of compound and, and become this um, you know, uh, domino effect of um, outreach from the Park Service. So um, the teachers and the youth um, apply in the wintertime and then spend the spring and early summer visiting national parks. They actually get to participate in uh, an archaeological excavation and, um, and just investigate um, you know, history and heritage throughout southern Arizona and central Arizona, both in the national parks and then also through, um, through their own families. Cool, and I think that's in, it's important to mention that uh, archaeology has always been a study of people, but often uh, there hasn't been as much inclusion uh, as we would like, and so uh, this is an opportunity for kids to actually participate in archaeology that's focused on uh, their own ancestry in some ways. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the cohort ends up becoming um, a little bit of a, you know, a familial group themselves. I talked to Joy Noriega, who's a local high school teacher in, in the Tucson area, um, and she and then one of the students, Rosenda, um, both talked about how um, having um, essentially mixed ages, having teachers and students together, um, they were able to learn far more out of the program and get far more out of it for themselves and bring back to their families. Cool. Yeah. They also talked about how being um, on site, whether it was at the archaeological excavations or whether it was at a national park, they were able to see um, technologies and tools that harken back to their own experiences and, um, and that that made the connection all the deeper to the national parks. So I'm here with Matt Gubard, and we're talking with Rebecca Renteria, 
who is the graduate assistant for the Lincoln Hispanic Heritage through Archaeology Program. Um, so thank you for joining us today, Rebecca. Yeah, thank you for having me. So Rebecca, um, to start us off, just tell us a little bit about the um, Lincoln Hispanic Heritage through Archaeology Program. Um, so Lincoln Hispanic Heritage through Archaeology, or LHHTA, um, is a program that essentially brings together high school students um, and high school teachers, uh, all from high schools around Tucson. And the goal is to uh, provide an archaeology um, experience and education for the students, but in the context of the, the local histories that kind of tie to the personal um, heritage of the students and, and the, the teachers as well, the high school teachers. So you have a mixed cohort of... Um of students. We do, exactly, yeah. So we have freshmen through senior students, um, senior high school students, and then we have uh, three high school teachers or high school educators um, who, you know, even if they're not a teacher in the traditional aspect, they have uh, a lot of contact with high school students who provide them with opportunities. Nice. Cool. And what activities do they do? Um, so, because it's so so based around archaeology education, um, we have a lot of really good community resources. Um, so we we visit sites like Mission Garden that are kind of in in I guess more urban uh, Tucson, um, and it has a very rich historical and and prehistoric aspect to that site, um, and. We have a lot of park service sites that we visit, uh, archaeological sites. So this year we visited Suara National Park, um, east and west. At Suara West, uh, they worked with the archaeologists out there and worked on cleaning up a Conservation Corps camp um, site. We visited Casa Grande Ruins National monument and we did preservation work on one of the compounds there so you know we really try and do a lot of hands-on work um, but also also with the goal of getting the students involved in these sites that directly tie to maybe some of the places that they came from um, and we also visit Montezuma Castle and Well and Tuzi Butte and the Grand Canyon. Um, and we just do a, a variety of activities at these sites and we kind of try and contact and, and work with archeologists specifically at these parks to kind of uh, talk with us about uh, how archeology span is being done today and, and in the context of modern times um, and in addition to our park visits and site visits we also uh, are based out of the University of Arizona as well and so we do activities at different archaeology related labs on campus so uh, we visit the um, the AMS lab or the radiocarbon lab and the Laboratory of Tree Ring Research and the Southwest Ceramics Lab and Zooarchaeology and Bioarchaeology. Um, and we essentially just try and 
you know, connect the dots with all of the places that we visited and, and heritage and the scientific, scientific aspect of things. And, um, yeah, it's just tying everything together and trying to create these very enriched experiences that hopefully the students will get something from. Nice. So you do a lot of, like, hands-on activities. Do you find that that really um, is a better way to connect heritage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the coolest experiences that I felt like we had with the hands-on experiences was at the Arizona State Museum, um, where we met with Dr. Nancy Odegaard and Gina Watkinson, and they kind of put together a bunch of little different workshops for us, but there was one where there was a big granary made out of local plants, and so they kind of helped involve us in the, the conservation aspect of, of this big granary. So the kids basically helped vacuum uh, it to, to get it to a state where they could continue working on it. Um, but in that process, there were a couple girls who were like, oh, like, like my grandma like has baskets that she's woven like these or um, that they recognize from, from being passed down in their families. And so um, while we go to, to national parks and while we go to labs at the U of A and we just see these things, it was an entirely different experience to, to be working with the materials themselves and to have the students have like a personal connection to what they're working on, but then um, related to their, their history. Nice. Which is really neat. So it sounds like um, the program isn't necessarily aimed at making high school students into archaeologists. It's just using archaeology as a vehicle to sort of give it all of these other subjects. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that's the case. Ideally, it would be really neat to... It would be really neat to kind of have the students realize how much... Um, power they kind of have with archaeology. I feel very much that way. Um, it took, you know, I dropped out of school for many years, and once I kind of discovered what archaeology was and kind of how it can create histories for people who who don't have a written history or who haven't been given that chance to kind of um, be more present in, in history, um, that's, that's the way I felt about it. And so while we aim to give students these experiences, um, kind of the, the underlying hope is that some of the students can, and it won't be every student, but you know, some of the students will, will take this and realize that, that they can really do something with it to kind of give a voice to people who haven't always had it in the past. And I do feel like we've had some conversations with some of the students where you know, they really get it. Um, so nice. my hope is that we get some archaeologists out of the program. <laughs> so. So you also visited an archaeological field school mm -hmm. um, out in uh, New Mexico that's run by a nonprofit, also local here to Tucson, called Archaeology Southwest. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't overlap with you, I but know. I was there the week after <laughs> um, talking about careers in the Park Service. So, um, so I just wanted to know, um, how did you make digging in that hot sun exciting for those students? Um, it was hard, but... 
you know, you get students out there and in the heat and in the humidity and in like mosquito territory. Like, so it's really hard to kind of like, as an adult, like it's like, I, I have a hard time doing this. Um, but, but the students kind of don't, um, feel that way. Sure. They're irritated by all of those things, but once you get them digging and kind of, um, uh, finding artifacts and, and, and relating what they're finding to what they've seen in the program up until that point. Um, all of that kind of like doesn't, all of those factors don't really seem like they play into getting the students excited. Um, and sure we leave at the, at the very last day and everyone's pretty like, um, tired, but, but while we're there, it's, um, it's the camaraderie with the students from Archaeology Southwest, who are the students in the program, who are kind of teaching our students. Um, it's just such a, an amazing combination of, of that. Nice. So the students in the field school who are college-age students are then teaching your participants as well. Exactly, nice. yeah. And it's it sounds like it's been a really good opportunity for the field school students college field school students um, with Archaeology Southwest to kind of talk about what they've learned because I think up until that point they've just been learning from the instructors from the professors out in the field Um, so up until this point they've just been students but once our program was able to kind of go out there and you know it was a good opportunity for those students to just really talk about how much they knew how to do archaeology at that point um, and really guide our students in, in how to excavate and, and record and identify artifacts. So it's really neat. Nice. So when I was there um, and got to just go out for a couple hours in the morning, uh, one of the um, one of the field school students found, like, in quick succession, a piece of a perforated plate and then um, a three-quarter axe with, um, like, pigment on it. And it was just, like... This site was so rich and it kept like, you know, this one student specifically just had like, you know, he was, uh, he had all the luck. Um, but so I was wondering if your students had any aha moments um, when they were there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of, one of the big moments is, uh, so, so when we go out to the field school, half our time is spent with the field school students out in the field excavating and recording. The other half is spent with Alan DeNoyer, who does a lot of kind of experimental archaeology um, uh, with us. And so, you know, we spent time with Alan, and he does flint napping with us specifically. And so we're out flint napping, and we're making projectile points, and we're making a mess. We're making a mess everywhere with these flakes, and we just have piles. And everyone has different types of piles, and uh, because everyone flint naps a little bit different. Um, and so this, this was our experience. And so when we're out in the field and the students see that they're coming across a bunch of debitage and they see it's just like, just tons of flakes and, and they just kind of think about it and they keep, you know, excavating and finding flakes. And, and I feel like one of the aha moments was kind of like hearing one of the students say, oh, like I made a mess just like this yesterday. Um, and it's just like, 
like I get the chills thinking about it because it's um, it's just this moment at which you see everything kind of coming together in, in the experiences the students have had in the program. So nice. that's really cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what inspired you to apply to be the graduate assistant for the program? Um, I think initially I had heard a little bit about it from Dr. Barbara Mills at the University of Arizona. And, you know, I was kind of trying to piece together some some work experience, archaeology work experience at the UVA and... Uh, just kind of, I kept bugging her about it once I kind of heard a little bit about the program. And, um, but what inspired me about it, what, what kept me really bugging her was the fact that, you know, after having been an archaeologist in Tucson for a little bit, which it's, it's what I enjoy doing, it's, it's my passion, but I hadn't really quite yet seen a program that really tried to take in and consider groups, local local groups. Um, and so once I heard about this program, it was like, all right, well, linking Hispanic heritage and then through archaeology was just, it seemed like too good of a program to exist, but, <laughs> but it existed. Um, and so, so for me, that's what inspired me. It was not. It was not having heard about a program like this, and then and then realizing that like there is a lot of opportunity in this program for 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 students and the community. So, um, so and as a graduate assistant, um, you're supposed to be also getting something out of it. Sure. Um, what What have you gotten out of the program? Oh my goodness, that is. I have just gotten so much. I mean, it's in a sense, kind of rerouted the trajectory um, that I initially saw for myself when I started grad school. Um, yeah, I had done, like, some community service as an undergrad, and um, and so, so that was nice, and I kind of, you know, ha- have continued to, like, figure out a way to continue doing work and, and community service. Um, but, but in terms of how do I continue doing archaeology and community service, um, that I think is kind of what I've really gotten out of the program. So the um, Parks to Classrooms or Parks as Classrooms programming from the National Park Service aims to develop inquiry and place-based programming in national parks. Um, how has LHHTA done that for archaeology and Hispanic heritage? I think LHHTA has done that by getting at the little at getting at what it, what it means to be Number one, Hispanic. It's a very loaded term, but it's kind of the one that's used, and and but it's it's the one that kind of seems to be. It ends up being a catch-all. Yeah, it ends up being a catch-all, and so. But what that means is. In this program, we have students from 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 Tucson, but but in reality, 
we have students who have Tohono O'odham ancestry or Yaki ancestry or Hopi or Zuni or Navajo ancestry, and it's really much more than 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 while they fall fall under this umbrella of being Hispanic, the fact is there's so much more to the identity of these students. Um, and so by visiting these sites that have uh, Native American or indigenous histories, a lot of this, the students, I think, really are able to put more of a voice or a words to to understanding a little bit more about where they come from rather than just having their entire lives to say that they're Hispanic. Really, there's there's so much more to to it. Um, and it, it is a catch-all word, but it's also there's there's a lot to it and so by visiting these sites um, it just allows some of the students to kind of figure out some things and it helps us as as instructors and and um, kind of teachers of these students to learn things as well I don't know it's I think something that we struggle with um, in the park service and maybe this is me being having my background being a frontline ranger is that um, any given national park has their enabling legislation and so you have a park or a monument that was created for x right but really that's a multivocal story and so how do we as interpreters end up being able to tell all of the different stories um, and for me i think archaeology is the best way and i think we said this a couple questions ago that you can really get at um, you know the stories that were told, but then the um, you can see people on the land who didn't necessarily get to to write their own history at mm -hmm. that point. Um, so is that can can your students see that in uh, when they visit parks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's really empowering to kind of be at these places. And a lot of the students have never left Tucson, so once we can kind of travel a little bit further farther north or south um, and get these get provide an experience for the students to actually be in places where they came from it's it's honestly like an experience that's just beyond words because it's um, it's just feelings and emotions that you get from being in a place um, right. so yeah right what connections um, do the participants draw from MPS sites? And um, as we're talking, I'm thinking about, you mentioned that you do preservation work at Casa Grande this mm -hmm. last year, um, or that the participants, um, you got at least a chance to try their hand at it. So um, was there anything there or in one of the other sites you visited that was a particular connection? Yeah, I would say um, When we visited Casa Grande and we were doing some of the preservation work, essentially what we were doing was we were capping um, with Adobe one of the the wall areas in one of the compounds. And one of the students particularly, she 
she was doing it um, and was just like super into it like even more so than like anyone else and they were like man you're like really really good at this and and she I mean she like said that it was like you know in in her blood and it was like the way you know she she had heard about how her family used adobe to build because they use adobe to build um structures and so that was that was really cool yeah sweet yeah yeah that was neat <laughs> that's great do you know if she's gonna like go on and be an adobe master um <clears throat> that would be cool um i mean so she she's she was one of the younger students for sure um and but has taken advantage of visiting the university um for different for different um for different reasons, different opportunities, um, and I, I do see that she would continue at least questioning like things that are related to archaeology. So, cool. Yeah. What other impacts have you seen from the program? Um, in the time that I've been involved with the program. The, the impacts that I've seen have been that the students kind of maintain communication with us about what they've learned in the program. So like one of the students still sends me photos of projectile points that he's like flint out and that he's continuing to develop his, his awesome. techniques and his style. Um, and you know, another one of the students who hears about different archaeology things going around town and, you know, she'll just email me and say, oh, I heard about this. Like, and so that's that's really neat. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I've seen is through, through engagement and continuous engagement, um, just continuing to keep the students intrigued up until this point because while it is high school and they have just so many other things on their plate besides even just going to school um you know it's just maintaining that that interest but also the trust that we kind of created in the time that we have them in the program so nice so it's not just like a one and done kind of program it's part of it is linking um personal connections exactly and i mean a huge part of it for me is is that I I want students from the community to be able to go out and do archaeology and to feel like they can can pack the same punch that any other archaeologist does. Um, but it is really important for for students who have grown up in communities to kind of be that next generation of archaeologists and um and maybe it's one-sided but you know that's that's my history that's that's where I came from um and it took me a long time to kind of realize that but but I'm hoping that um that through this program we can just get students exposed to this at a much earlier age so that way once they do get to university or community college um they can just kind of hit the ground running with that knowledge already. So, nice. 
Um, what are your plans after you graduate? My plans once I graduate are to continue doing archaeology. I really enjoy the research aspect of it, and I think eventually we'll um, pursue a PhD program somewhere. But for the time being, the current kind of uh, the climate is such that it's a really important time to get students involved in in archaeology um, but with the ends of being able to empower communities um, and that's kind of the work that I, I think I'm gonna do for a while before going back to school um, sweet yeah <laughs> cool. um, you might you might have sort of addressed this, but uh, has your participation in this program has it affected uh, your research interests? Um, has it has it changed what you think you might want to do uh, if you go on to get a PhD, for instance? Absolutely. I mean, my my thesis I had an idea that was really well developed as soon as I started. Even before I started, it was work that I was doing as an undergrad. Um, but was kind of reframed once I started working with this program and reframed in the way of having more of a consciousness about the, the people that I'm looking at in my thesis and, um, kind of took on more of an angle of looking at ethnicity and what it means to people and um, why it's important and why it's important for descendants of, of these people to, to have a tangible connection to the past. And that's something that hasn't always been present in my research. You know? Nice. That's certainly not something that's been present in archaeology in general until, I guess you could say, recently. And still, that's something that needs to be developed more. I think. Certainly. Who better to tell the stories than the peoples who have ancestors who lived them? Exactly. Yeah, we need more archaeologists from a variety of backgrounds yeah. in the Park Service. So the program is called Linking Hispanic Heritage Through Archaeology, but um, as we mentioned, Hispanic ends up being kind of a catch-all term, and, um, and it's essentially a colonial term. Do you um, want to speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I have received, you know, some, some comments from the community basically with that sentiment as well, and um, it's, you know, it's this idea that kind of on paper lumps together a group of people to to make progress or whatever in, in some sort of way but um, but it is a very complicated term that you know some of the feedback from the community has been such that it obscures the Native American um, ties or uh, indigenous ties that that people have to to a place or to a history um, and it's, you know, it's 
a term that that I have issue with because of those reasons um, as well. But um, but you know it's it's something that I think in the future um, will be addressed and and for the time being it's it is what it, it is. is what it is. <laughs> so. so as a catch all, it ends up obscuring everything that it's catching at times. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So thank you for joining us today, Rebecca. I appreciate your time. Is there a place that our listeners can go to find out more about the program? There is. We have a Facebook page. Um, if you search for LHHTA, you'll be able to find uh, our page where we have photos and kind of little um, blurbs about our visits to the places that are part of the program. Um, we post different opportunities um, kind of related to to the program as well um, and yeah it's a good place just to kind of see what we're doing as a program and, and uh, you know the students we're working with and the teachers we're working with and all of our partners and um, yeah awesome thank you we'll also put that link on our website and uh, thank you again so much for joining us So, you know, this month being Parks to Classrooms um, month, a lot of the time I tend to think of education as, as kind of a one-way street where teachers are imparting knowledge to students, which is really important. Um, but what I'm hearing from Rebecca is that it ends up being kind of like a, a two-way street with um, folks looking at their own identities. Right, yeah. It's, it sounds like these, uh, these young people are really um, taking a role in sort of uh, their their own education and actively participating as much as they are uh, learning directly from the instructors. I hope that that's a role that all of our national parks and monuments can um, can play in education. So one of the questions that we've gotten uh, is how can teachers uh, get help from the National Park Service in uh, teaching about archaeology and history? So that's a really good question, and um, there are a number of ways that I can think of that teachers can get involved or get help. Um, and the first and very basic one is that teachers should contact the uh, local um, national park or national monument that's closest to them. So each national park and monument or historic site, they all have their own um, ability to do outreach and their own um, rangers that could either facilitate a field trip at the national park or can sometimes come to the classroom if um, you know if funding is an issue we all know that busing is uh, is a big issue and costs more and more each year so um, so that's the first step is getting to know you know your local parks and monuments the next um, idea is that um, on all of our websites uh, we have lesson plans that teachers can take advantage of so if you go to nps.gov there's a four teachers section, and that'll um, group all of the lesson plans from parks and monuments and historic sites across the country. Great.
The National Park Service Southwest Archaeology Podcast is a production of the Southern Arizona Office of the National Park Service. Our artwork was designed by Laura Varen Burkhart. Justin Mossman composed our music. We look forward to hearing from you. Matt and I will be with you again next month.